don't Krina and Kirsten get to work, we're talking about something that hits a little close to home for me. <laughs> Toxic perfectionism. <sighs> oh, friend. <laughs> it's a therapy session. <laughs> Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are talking about toxic perfectionism. Welcome. We're glad that you've joined us. Of course, we're here because we want to talk about women. We want to talk about work. (laughs) We want ease. We want meaning. We want joy. And so we are going to tackle toxic perfectionism today. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to beat it to the ground. When you... (laughs) You know what we're going to do? We're going to do a really goddamn good job at it, too. But not perfect. Not perfect. Just good enough. We're going for 80% on this one. Just good enough. It's going to be a lesson for me. Hey, and uh, speaking of recording, we are on the land of the Coast Salish people We are in the land of the Coast Salish people. Yeah. And also, another credit, shout out to Stacy, our fabulous audio engineer. She made a comment about our um, episode on the Great Resignation that we wish we would have made. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> After the fact. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. But um, she made the comment that one of the reasons for the exodus from the workplace that, by the way, I just looked at some stats this morning when I was reading the news, continues yeah, you know, summer stats were exe- were consistent and maybe even increasing a little bit. We've cited that over fifty percent of the workforce is either is considering leaving their job, and since then I've seen numbers as high as ninety. I know it's nuts. It is nuts. But what did Stacy say? Okay, so Stacy said that she, you know one of her comments was, "I wonder what the Me Too movement, what George Floyd." What um, this, you know, diversity, inclusion, how is all of that affecting the workplace? Like if employers are not addressing those issues, if they're not looking at those issues, if they're not, you know, bringing those issues into the workplace as part of the societal resolution of them, it is dissatisfying, disengaging, disempowering, disappointing Mm. to workers and off they go to find something else. Yeah. And I was like, I think that's right. And then I just did a little bit of like dinking around, you know, to see what people are saying. And that is one of the things that is coming out. It's like folks are disappointed with how employers are responding to those issues. And so they're just going to bounce. They're going to bounce. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Stacey, for that. I know. I thought, gosh, I wish we would have thought of that. So smart. Yeah. Okay, so tell me, Krina, let's go back to toxic perfectionism. No, we can keep talking about Stacey if you want. No, we no, don't no. have to talk about We're going to dive right into this. Yeah. Why are we doing this today? I know. <laughs> well, I was, so, I was I did it is funny how I said to you, you know how you always admit like time management or boundaries? Or they're all, these, all about they're, me. They're, 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 about, <laughs> they're the research you need to do. Perfectionism, yeah, this is a little bit about kind of some learning I had to, I, I wanted to dig into this because I've been doing a lot of thinking about my mm-hmm. own relationship to good enough versus perfect and where is it like sort of where is that helping me and where is that harming me mm-hmm. and and my sister and I were talking about perfectionism in fact it's a topic we talk about a fair bit and how deep down inside we kind of want 
perfectionism. Deep down inside, we kind of want things to be. Which feels like to me, it's like a thing in your family then. Yeah, I think it might be. I bet if you talk to my mom <laughs> and my kids and, you know, I think. I'm always careful really to keep my mom out of it. Oh. On the show. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> No, this is definitely, there's definitely been some learning for me. Good news is that not all perfectionist tendencies are, are negative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But truly, like I said, it, it is one of those personality traits that I think I can default to those around me, people who have worked for me and work with me, uh, people in my household, they all would attest to that as well. And I think our listeners are going to hear themselves in a lot of this. Mm -hmm. It's not just... Or see coworkers... Family members, yeah. see the traits in other people around them that you can then go, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. 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 So that's really why I wanted to do it. Because like I said, it's a um, it's a topic. It's a learning experience. It's a learning experience. Interestingly, though, I didn't even know that there was something called toxic perfectionism until we got into this. And I would have argued before we did research that perfectionism is not inherently bad. Oh, for sure. Painful to the person experiencing it. Yeah. In many cases, I can say. Yeah. But I mean, for the world, I would have thought the same thing. Oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's actually a good thing. Like, why mm -hmm. wouldn't you? Why don't why you? Why wouldn't you want to strive on to just that? Just as an aside, may be a reflection on the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> rather than perfectionism. <laughs> like, everybody else is listening going, uh, where have you two been? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, this, what? What's wrong with that? This sucks. <laughs> perfectionism is awesome because I'm awesome and I'm, no, I know. So when we're talking about perfectionism, <clears throat> there are a couple of definitions I think that are worth noting. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, perfect is the state of being without flaw or defects. Yep. And then there's a picture of me. In the there's Karina. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right. So, so in, in just even in reading that, we can already tell that it is an unattainable you can laugh. standard. You can laugh when you say without mm -hmm. flaws or defects. I can laugh at that. Yeah, yeah. I can laugh. At that. And and there is not a thing out there that is without flaw. I or know. Defect. I know. Absolutely. And perfectionism, which is taking that quest for perfection it's the refusal to accept anything short of that yeah which is a disconnect correct like because we know that imperfection exists yeah we know that flaws exist yeah so there's this unreconcilable thing about perfectionism right you're attaining something that is never mm, possible you're requesting yep so the people who study perfectionism uh, have have def which cracks me up there are people, there are psychologists, there are professors, yep. there are scientists who study perfectionism. Yeah. We have found no less than 30 studies on perfectionism. Yeah. And they're looking at this from this perspective of perfectionists are, are characterized by this hypercritical relationship with themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not. Which just is painful. Right. So as soon as you say it, I'm like, ooh. Right. So it's a hypercritical mm -hmm. relationship with yourself. Being a bad best friend to yourself. You're a bad. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Is that ugly? I'm getting ugly. Getting ugly with, with yourself. yourself. <laughs> because, <laughs> because if you refuse to accept anything short of perfect with yourself mm -hmm. and you are hypercritical of everything you do, then that kind of tips into this um, psycho like study. I can mm -hmm. see it, right? So psychologists are studying it. Now, this is not a high achiever. We're not talking about people who are quest for, have a quest for. Doing Great. something well. Right. 
Yeah, making it making it beautiful, making it good, making it something different. I mean that that is a very that is this distinguishing characteristic, the high achiever mm-hmm. versus the perfectionist. And this is another one of those places where a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, it's your hot you, sauce. And you can just tip into something bad if you use it too much. Yeah. So folks who study perfectionists say, you know, there look, there really are two kinds. There are adaptive perfectionists, which are basically high achievers. There are people who really do want to kind of go for the gold, shoot for the best in certain situations, but not all situations, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they have. And they really have this understanding that it is impossible to achieve perfectionism in all places. Mm -hmm. And so they're very careful about where they choose to exercise that muscle. Yeah. Do you feel like you're an adaptive perfectionist? You know, I would never call myself a perfectionist at anything. <laughs> I'm serious. It is always, as people who know me, a bit of a shit show. But there are things that I value and I want to be good. Yeah. I want the work that goes out the door to not have mistakes in it. Right. I want the table at Thanksgiving to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So there are things that I do try to elevate. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you have a high standard for. I have a high standard incredibly for. Incredibly yes. high standard yes. for. I have an incredibly high standard. Right. Yes. Okay. And I would say that most of our listeners can identify at least one place in their life where they have an incredibly high, high standard. standard. Yeah. That's an adaptive And hopefully it feels good. Yeah. Because when I'm in that place, it feels good. Right. It doesn't feel oppressive. Mm-mm. It does not feel oppressive. It feels good. I feel like I've excelled. I feel like, wow, I've delivered this thing into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting because adaptive perfect- perfectionists really play to their own unique strengths as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's the thing that you already likely gravitate towards or do well. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of push yourself to do better. That is the healthy kind of mindset. That's the growth mindset. Again, adaptive perfectionists we read have are marked by this growth mindset i'm i'm striving for doing the thing i like to do or i'm relatively you know talented at mm-hmm. i'm striving at do, going at pushing myself being better learning growing etc which is really fun that's fun yeah maladaptive perfectionism <laughs> not so fun not so fun not so fun less healthy attitude about success and achievement and really driven by perfection in every situation so even though there's those same high standards the feelings are stressful the feelings are about the they depression anxiety and fear of making a mistake yeah. You know, kind of not having, again, that growth mindset. Um, so tell me, you know, because we started this saying this is where you kind of have some energy around this. Yeah. What do you think that you have in your life that you would consider maladaptive perfectionism? I I, I, I think that the I think that my. My red flags when it comes to perfectionism is when I experience when I find myself expecting absolutely everything that I'm doing to be an A plus to go well. Yeah. So if I think about a day, Mm -hmm. it's like the best, like eating the best food, having 
flawless conversations, engaging in every, every email makes my point perfectly and has no mistakes. Um, every presentation like that, that I'm listening to every word my clients are saying that to me, like some, I have days like that where I hold myself. Well, you just knock it out of the park, but I want, no, I'm not saying I necessarily do, but I want to. And when I don't, I get it. I go back and I'll read the email and find a mistake after you've sent it after I've sent it. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. And because wow. I know. Right. So I'll read an email that I I've mean, sent. I might read it to make sure I haven't a time. Okay. Listeners cannot see this, friends. You cannot see this. <laughs> Karina has just put her head down in front of her mic so I can't see her. It is so interesting. Yeah. So I'll I'll send an email. I want to. Then, then it's I wanna, gone. It's gone. It's I have the person has about, seen it. And and then I want to review what I wrote to make sure that it was right. I know. And I'll I'll discover a mistake. Mm. And I and I don't feel good about it. I beat myself up about it. I had a client recently catch a mistake in a um, document that I sent and ask for it to be corrected. And I had to tell myself it's okay. Like that doesn't mean I'm a bad, it, it's not going to, it's not going to mean I'm going to lose this opportunity. It's right. not going to, it's not right. going to mean that they're not going to trust me anymore. I just made a freaking mistake. You made a typo. I made a typo. Mm -hmm. And so I catch myself. That's a, those are times when I catch myself going, uh, yeah. Be careful. You're holding yourself. Right. This careful. is ridiculous. It's right? a, it, but what I love about it, Karina, is that you're getting these signals mm -hmm. that actually move you into the realization that mm, it's crazy. Yeah. This is not helpful to me. Yeah. This is not productive. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel myself tipping into this and then I'll interact with my kids or my husband or like and and I feel myself want to put that on them too. Uh -huh. So it's like energetically I can I can feel myself getting into the sort of I don't know if it's pathological but like into the not so great realms. Not helpful. Not helpful, not healthy realms and of And that's the thing about this. I mean, this is a sliding scale. Yeah. Right? This is a sliding scale from adaptive perfectionism to maladaptive and how bad does it get? How yeah. How bad can it get? I mean, there are people that who really tip in the scale here won't actually engage in certain things mm -hmm. because they're worried about failing. Mm -hmm. They procrastinate. Yeah. So there's all sorts of really negative things that happen to folks who are way over on the side of perfectionism. Yeah, on maladaptive, maladaptive perfectionism. Yeah. So like, again, I just want to kind of, kind of compare the two approaches because I think that people might hear themselves in some, maybe not all, but in some of these. So like an, like an adaptive perfectionist, someone who's just like, again, got a healthy relationship with high achieving, they sort of adapt to thrive, mm -hmm. not to p be perfect. They they readily ask for help and understand that not everything can be perfect. And they hear criticism as helpful feedback, et cetera, okay? And I love it that they have a sense of their own strengths and weaknesses. Yes. I love that part I did that, that well. Yeah, so on the place mm -hmm. where I may have see my strength, I want to make sure that I do that well, but also recognize not everything. Mm -hmm. The opposite side of that, the maladaptive, people are frequently really set in their ways. It's, I think, what we think of as archetypal, you're like, what, this is perfectionism. I think that's how I think of perfectionists, really rigid. Rigid and mm -hmm. set in their mm -hmm. ways. Really, and also very self-determined. Determined to complete tasks on their own. Like individualistic. In, very individualistic. Hard to be on a team when you're a perfectionist. Yes. Unless you have a way to get everybody else to adopt your same standards. But that is a tricky 
That's a oh, tricky it, way believe to me, I've tried. <laughs> believe me, I've tried. This is another one of my problems, right? Like, I kind of want to control the... Anyway, all right. It's not about me. The, uh, maladaptive perfectionists also, they see these mistakes as character flaws. They're mm-hmm. not seeing a mistake as a learning opportunity. They think it's somehow a reflection of them. Right. I'm bad. Yes. And I think all of us can tip into either side of this. I mean, I'm going to say I've certainly have made mistakes where I have felt like a bad person Mm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And then I've recognized I've sat in that for a little bit and been like, "Mm, I don't know if that's really true, Kirsten. Let's kind of move through that. Mm -hmm. But um, I find it really helpful to think of this in these two ways, adaptive versus maladaptive. When is this serving me and when is this hurting me? Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because one of the other um, characteristics that we see in people who are really struggling with perfectionism is that they just don't even try. Mm -hmm. Like unless there's guaranteed overnight success, unless they're going to be the best, they frequently procrastinate or don't or just don't opt in. Which is the thing about this that was so interesting to me. I have always associated in my brain. This 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 show preparation really changed a bunch of things for me about perfectionism and how I think about it. Uh-huh. And this was one of them. I've always thought about perfectionism as synonymous with success. Yeah. And what I realized was, ooh, it's really not. No. And in fact, sometimes it is like you cannot succeed because you're a perfectionist. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you can't. And why? Why do you? Why do you say that? Why can't you succeed if you're a perfectionist? Because you don't allow yourself to. Right. You don't allow yourself to take the steps that you need to take in order to be successful or to achieve what you want because you're paralyzed by some sense of what, how things should look, how things should be, what you should do, how you should perform. Yeah. And so in many cases, you don't even start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's another place. Self-defeating. Where I see, I've seen it in kids. I've seen it in myself. I've, and, you know, I've seen it um, socially. The kid who is on the sideline at the kickball tournament who just doesn't want to even play is likely wrestling with perfectionism. I was that kid. You know, the I, it's way easier if you're a perfectionist to just procrastinate or not start or not participate because failure is inevitable. And yes. so it's way safer how just did to not that, try. How did that express itself when you were a kid? Oh, exactly like that. I was the kid on the kickball. I, I made up every excuse in the world not to participate in things. I mean, I got really good at having a tummy ache or, mm. you know, having something else I had to do because I did. I was, I think I was really afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. And... You know, which we found, right? So different types of perfectionists, either they avoid failure or they're seeking excellence. Both ways, you're aiming for the same thing, which mm-hmm. is perfect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would show up like that. You know, and honestly, it took me into my college years to realize it's way more fun to participate and suck yeah. at it yeah, than to sit on the sidelines and not. What I love about what you said, Krina, is... That when you freed yourself up from the expectation of doing it well, mm-hmm. right, then you were able to have fun, mm-hmm. which is what we want. Mm-hmm. We want ease, meaning, and joy. Right. And I'm going to argue that being on the sidelines does not get you to ease, meaning, and joy. No. So when do we know this is a problem? Like, mm-hmm. what are the things that we see in ourselves that yeah. tell us that, 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 that we have a problem with perfectionism? Yeah, yeah. 
How do we know we've tipped over to the dark side? How do we know we've tipped over? I can tell you one is if you're standing there making excuses for not participating. (laughs) That is one. That is one. You know, one of the things, too, I think is a focus on mistakes, Mm -hmm. a focus on what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've noticed that people who I feel like are perfectionists are the first thing to call it a mistake. Yeah. You know, which is always like, wow, all the things I've said, you're going to talk about the mistake I just made. So I watched a TED talk about a long distance or a um, 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 elite athlete. And she spoke about this. She was a self-proclaimed perfectionist and she had qualified for this very competitive race and came in dead last and was berating herself for it and focusing with her coach on all of the things that she had done wrong. And her coach pulls her aside and said, you are one of eight people in the world to qualify for this race. Isn't that good enough? And so in that case, mm-hmm. this woman who couldn't see, she couldn't see the success of being even One participating. Of the yes. She was berating herself. She was focusing on mistakes. So mm-hmm. she's focusing on her failure and not her success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, how else do you feel like you would know this is a problem? Well, I think when you, um, when you find yourself getting obsessive, mm-hmm. when you're focusing, like I find sometimes when I'm obsessing on a document or a contract or an agreement, mm-hmm. um, I can feel that little perfectionism rise in me when I get obsessive about stuff. Mm-hmm. I think if you said it when you want to control everything around you. Uh-huh. I think that's, yeah. you know, flipping into the slipping into the dark side. Yeah, I think also like set in your way. So if people around you tell you tell you you are difficult to change or difficult to please Mm -hmm. that's another one like oh Oh. i'm hard to please yeah then i'm probably focusing on perfect rather than good Mm -hmm. um and also people who really see if you're if some if you're not able to take constructive feedback if when someone tells you an observation or a place where you can grow or change or and you modify, feel defensive and you feel yourself getting defensive that you really can't get around like oftentimes I'll feel defensive when someone gives me feedback but I can take a deep breath and go ooh okay this is going to be feedback this is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to open up to this yeah 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 so those are kind of I guess signals in ourselves for those of us who are you know hyper yeah. self aware where you can feel yourself tipping into this What's ironic, though, is that, you know, a lot of people pursue perfectionism with the belief that you're going to be like more acceptable, mm-hmm. better, you'll be better, mm-hmm. more successful, mm-hmm. e- like more um, like better to be around, easier to be around. Well, that list of stuff that we just said, those are not fun people. Right. Because as we talked about, it's like those are things that are make you unhappy, that are uncomfortable and painful. And as we know, those things typically translate into your how you interact with others. Yeah, right. And so I like when I, when I feel myself being this into this perfect tipping into this perfectionist mindset. I also know that's when I'm the least fun, mm-hmm. when I'm the least you know not a, attractive, but not in the sort of sense of like she's pretty, but like that's when yes. my personality is the least, least attractive, attractive. Yeah. hardest to be around mm-hmm. and hardest to work with and for, Yep, which is kind of what brings us, I think, to work in a lot of ways. It's like, man, controlling and obsessed and, and uh, um, yuck, difficult to please. Yuck. Dang. Mm-hmm. 
I just held my head down. Like, that's not necessarily what I'm shooting for. No, it's totally not what you're shooting for. And what I think that's also interesting about this concept of perfectionism is the way, as you brought up work, the way it presents itself. Yeah. Okay. So we can take perfectionism about ourselves. We want ourselves to be a certain way, to look a certain way, to perform a certain way, and have these very, very high standards. We can also require perfectionism in those around us. Yeah. So my my focus on who has to be perfect are people around me. Yep. My staff, my children, my spouse, my friends, mm-hmm. right? My coworkers. Because they're a reflection of me, mm-hmm. right? And then there is a third kind, which is that I am, ex- and I have, a, I have a hard time articulating this. So if I get it wrong, Karina, help me. But okay. I have to behave a certain way or live a certain way or be a certain way because of external societal pressure, mm-hmm. whether it's the social media pressure, whether it's the the family pressure, whether it's the community pressure, whether it's the workplace pressure. Mm-hmm. But I'm expected, I believe that my surroundings require me to behave this way and to achieve this in order to be accepted. Yeah. So in some ways, I think it still shows up as that self-oriented, uh-huh. that first one that you described. It shows up that I have to hold myself to these perfect standards. But the reason isn't because I'm telling myself I have to. It's because society yeah. is telling me, or I'm, yeah. I believe that society is telling yeah. me I have to. Yeah. And in fact, those three kinds, they have names self-oriented, re- other oriented is the, the and second. Then socially oriented. And then socially prescribed are generally accepted categories by those that study this stuff. So I want to just just remind of a story when I was in law school in the South. Um, a woman that was in my class was talking about the requirements of Southern culture around women. Mm-hmm. And your fingernails are painted, your toenails are painted, your elbows are not rough, all of these things that we were talking about, and which were a little bit foreign to me because I did not grow up in the South. Yeah. So I didn't wasn't really aware that I was supposed to be doing all of this. And she, this woman said to me that she left the hospital after having some pretty serious surgery. And as she was walking out the door, her mother handed her a tube of lipstick oh. and said, honey, you need to put this on. Oh, oh. Yes. Socially prescribed. Yes. And I look at that and I think, wow, the quest for some kind of a, I just have had surgery and I'm leaving the hospital in a wheelchair, but oh, my lipstick is perfect. Yeah. And that's, I I mean, you just touched on something that's so fascinating because Mm -hmm. women of all of all is we hold ourselves to these standards and we expect society, we hold other women to those standards and socially the patriarchy holds us to these uh, standards of perfectionism to the degree that it is crippling for many. And it was so painful for her to have her mother be focused on what she looked like yeah. as opposed to what she felt like. And we, t- and we do, but we do it all the time. It was just a, I just have, that story has just stuck with me, like what her mother wanted her to look like in the world. Yes. That's freaking perfectionism. Because that's her worth. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is her worth. Mm-hmm. And we are telling our children that, not not just female, but we are telling our children that every from every, you know, our, and society mm-hmm. is telling us all that. I mean, you can't study perfectionism without looking at the impact of social media. Mm-hmm. It is. And in fact, 
there is this insane increase in college student aged college aged um, students. They're reporting this like a 32% increase in socially prescribed perfectionism and this belief that society holds them requires them requires perfectionism in order to be loved in order to be hired in order to have friends in order to be popular etc you are aiming for this um and 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 this is a 32 percent increase from previous generations i mean these people have been studying this for a long Mm -hmm. time now you overlay female yeah. Or female of color mm-hmm. or, you know, any any other of those intersections where we see discrimination and we're simultaneously holding, you know, judging and holding people to these standards. I have a deep belief that one of the ways that white supremacy is maintained is by creating these social standards of perfectionism Abs- yeah. that other people cannot possibly attain. No. That's so I think that perfectionism is baked into racism. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of a side topic. I mean, uh, but I just one of the things about it that I find so painful is I think it does perpetuate discrimination and racism. And it's it's perfectionism or professionalism or um, and we see it in speech in like how what we what we expect, how we expect people to write, how well, we want their hair to, speak, to look like, how we expect them to look, how mm-hmm. we expect them to behave, mm-hmm. etc. And so we do not have a broad enough bandwidth for that because we have these very narrow standards of what is best, right, acceptable. I yeah, and perfect mm-hmm. and perfect. Yep. I think about um, sort of the impacts of this, too. Right. So it's not just that we're holding people. It's not just that we set standards as a society that are unattainable by most. They're unattainable by everyone. Yes. But even but I more meant, so, like, I was saying, like, with the racism piece, yeah. like, if you're black, you can't have white skin. No, Do you know what I mean. I totally like, get it. We yes. set this thing up where those, where other cultures, people, groups, yes, cannot possibly attain it. Yeah, like perfect yeah. hair is not straight hair. Straight, is, is straight exactly. blonde hair? Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. And yet, most of the time, it, it is hard. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to minimize what you're saying. I'm trying to riff on that, which is to say, for all groups, and even more so for some, this unattainable standard standard that we're trying to establish. It causes incredible, it impacts us, our psyche, is so incredibly that we also see a correlation between this rise in socially prescribed perfectionism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and suicidal thoughts. Yeah, and, depression. And depression and anxiety and uh, eating disorders mm-hmm. and, you know, you name it. Well, it's no wonder. Yeah, it's no wonder. It's painful. It's painful. And you would never minimize what I said, friend. Okay, thank you. But I, yeah, absolutely. I, I I appreciate you saying that, but I did feel like I was I didn't I wasn't necessarily saying what I wanted to say as well as I wanted to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. We see this. Like when I talk to uh, college counselors, they talk about the increase in mental illness. And it's so interesting to see the numbers in college age people. And their desire for perfectionism. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. And how in many ways they are striving for this because they believe that that is the socially acceptable. That Mm -hmm. is what society prescribes. 
you know, when we talked a little bit about social media, it's not just social media, it's parents on the coaching, uh, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. when you're a five-year-old soccer player, you know, and the goal isn't necessarily just go have fun and run around with your friends. It's to win, win, win. Yeah. Win. Isn't that the craziest thing? You know, when there's six year olds in the field and people want the team to win, I'm like, mm. yeah, why are we mm. even keeping score? Yeah. And so it's, it's how we measure from a very young age and then how we measure ourselves yeah. and what we measure ourselves against. When this all comes back to bite us, not only is it correlated with some pretty significant and serious mental and physical health issues, it's a setup in the workplace. This was the surprising part of this for me. As I said in the beginning, I think there, there were a couple of things that surprised me. And this was one of the more surprising. I thought... Well, who doesn't want a perfectionist at work? Yeah. Like trying to make everything happen. We kick and ass. Working overtime and da 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 da. And this is very interesting, but there was what they call a meta analysis of 30 years of studies at the um, Georgia Institute of Technology. So they went out there and found all of these studies on perfectionism. And what they what they concluded was that there is absolutely no correlation between perfectionism and productivity at work. I was like, aren't the perfectionists who are suffering all this pain at least more productive? At least doing more? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, zero, none. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't even, it's interesting, they could not make a correlative that it had a negative impact on work, right? They couldn't Mm -hmm. do that, but they suspect that People who are perfectionists have a negative impact on others in the workplace. So we do know that if you're a perfectionist, that you do suffer more anxiety, stress, depression, burnout, all those things. And of course, they all Mm -hmm. spill over into your coworkers, Mm -hmm. right? So it's interesting for me because I am not a perfectionist, but I am in a profession that is, I will say, is, is a toxic perfectionist profession. I really do think that I wonder if it's one of the most. I don't know. I don't I don't know if it is or not. I'm sure there's got to be I just don't have enough experience to know that, but I know that my own profession if you make a mistake, it is your I mean, it's not a growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's how much have I hurt somebody? Yeah. What have I damaged somebody? You know, you may hopefully learn for the next time if you can dig that out, but um we as lawyers there, we're making a mistake is not the community standard, right? Right, it's not the professional standard. I mean, the stakes are really high. It's like it, it is when you're dealing with a lot, yeah, Pe- a lot of people's money or their livelihood or many, many, right? It's like so. I find that is for me the most painful and difficult thing about my profession is managing the requirement for per- per- for perfection and not taking it on and recognizing that I am human. Mm-hmm. I do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I will do my best to fix them, but that does not mean I'm a bad person. Right. And that's a really valuable what you just said there, because I would argue that you can find that culture of perfectionism in almost any profession. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yours happens to be baked into mm-hmm. the work that you're doing, similar to you know, a surgeon, you really want your surgeon to be aiming for 99%. You want him right? to do it. You're a pilot. You're a pilot. Yeah. We just, we can find that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Teaching, nursing, cashiering, home health yeah. care, consulting, accounting, yeah, making chocolate. You want 
perf- you know, you can have these standards for perfectionism overlaid onto your work, but when you don't achieve them, what is the response? What is the response? What is the response? And what is your what is your response and what is the response mm-hmm. of those that you work for? You have it baked into your profession, but yeah, I think a lot of us feel that pressure regardless of what the work. And so what do you do? What do we do with yep. all of this? What do we do? I just said, give yourself a break. Well, that's easier said than done. I speak from experience. Catch yourself getting all flustered or, you know, listen, watch people's reactions to you. Become more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Become more aware that you may actually be putting this on yourself in some cases and it's not doing you or anyone around you any good. That's easier said than done. It's, it is it is easier said than done, but it's one of those things. It's like you need to be aware of what you're saying to yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. Like what what are you playing? What is broadcasting in your brain? Mm-hmm. And really, you know, um, what's that quotation about? Oh, I can't remember it, so I have to cut this part out. Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good? No, it was something about you talking to yourself in your brain and how unreliable that is. Oh. Yeah, there's a great quote. I'm going to find it for us. But okay. it's like, don't listen to everything you say. No, don't believe everything you think. That's what it is. Don't believe everything, <laughs> everything you, you think. think. Yes. Like, challenge what it is you think. The, okay, so let's dip back into science. Because the study, the meta study, or the study of the studies, the meta study, said, and I love this so much. Are you ready? Yeah. Engage in recovery activities. <laughs> That's that's how you deal with perfectionism. Also known as self-care. Yes. So that is one of the ways to disrupt, interrupt, and relieve yourself of perfectionism is once something is done to engage in pleasant, distracting, restorative recovery activities. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we are back to self-care. Yeah. So you can self-care and and evaluate yourself into relief from this maladaptive mm-hmm. negative perfectionism. Yeah. yeah. And you can't you cannot arrest these psychological tendencies without giving yourself a break from them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can't st- you have to put in some cases an artificial break so that you can be a little bit more self-reflective mm-hmm. and self and care for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that that came out of that meta study. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, take care of yourself. Rest every once in a while, won't you? Four PhDs, tens of studies, and mm, try a little self-care. Yeah, here's what we think you should do. (laughs) Also recognize that 80% is good enough. I used to have a client, and I would say go for a 70%. Your goal is 70% today, not 100. Like experimenting with what it feels like to just back off a little bit. That's 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 really fun. In fact, um, I had to do this a long time ago. I know you hate a potluck. I do not want to have a big conversation about why potlucks are good or bad. Okay, I will not take the bait. But I will say... I remember having to experiment with like make my be the person show up with a bag of chips and feel see how that feels show up with a bag of chips instead of to the potluck instead of Mm -hmm. the perfectly Mm -hmm. you know made whatever dish homemade dish from organic ingredients everyone is going to rave about show up and just bring the shitty bag of chips once and and it's actually not that bad. 
It's actually not that bad. And in some cases, it's a relief. I am looking at you in disbelief. Really? Oh, totally. 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 I would never bring the bag of chips to the potluck, which is why I hate the damn potluck. See? Maybe I should bring the bag of chips. Maybe I'll love a potluck. Well, I'm just saying go for the 70% and see how that how that feels. You know, the, the, and take baby steps. Mm-hmm. Baby steps like a bag of chips. I think the thing that I really want folks to take away from this episode is... You know, achievement is great. Success is great. Like feeling what you can do and how you spread your wings and what you're capable of in the world and what you can contribute and experience is amazing. Yeah. But like, I always feel like I say this every like so often, but I just feel it so deeply in my soul. Like perfectionism is another way to beat yourself up. Yeah. And to deplete yourself and to be negative with yourself. And as I said in the very beginning, that's a terrible best friend. Yeah. Right? So I really hope that people, like I have these, I mean, I know I have some perfectionist traits and I'm going to really work on them to be like, oh, Kirsten. Yeah. I'm going to be sweeter to Kirsten. Yeah. Yeah, I really am. It's that I'm my be sweeter to my friend Kirsten. Yeah, I have. I need the cup. My boss is an asshole. Cup, right. and I'm my exactly. own boss. Like I need exactly. to remind myself. Exactly. I have one that says my boss is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. For people who are self-employed, it's just that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's self-harm. Yeah, it's self-harm. self-harm, and it is not ease meeting and joy. It's not ease meeting and joy, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, and so holding space for making these changes in your life and in your mind is really what we want for people. I can tell you something, though, and this is the bitch of it all. Telling a perfectionist that they're not perfect, like the way you've been doing it is not perfect. Mm. It's a gut punch. I'm sorry. It's a gut punch. And I just want our friends, our sisters to know I'm with you. I really appreciate, Karina, you bringing this up. And, like, I just love you kind of opening up about, mm, well, how does this work in my life? Right? <laughs> how does it not work? I know. Yeah. I actually don't want my family Thank to hear Thank you for it. doing yeah, it. Yeah, they're going to be like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for doing the show. Thank oh, you so much friend. for listening, friends. I think we're di- done. I think we did it. We did it. We're I'm, done. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to give us a 80%. B. 80%. I'm giving us a B. <laughs> Talk to you in two weeks. Bye, Bye. friends. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.